You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into your Monday edition of the podcast. Hope you all had a fantastic weekend, whatever you might have been doing. A lot to get to ahead on today. Shall we begin our look back at BYU Spring Ball? My overall takeaways, I guess particularly on the offense for the Cougars, we'll do this kind of a week-long thing. We're going to look back at different facets of Spring Ball. We'll take a closer look at the running back position as well as Harvey Unga, former BYU running back, now the BYU running backs coach. He will talk to me about what he saw from his guys Recorded this interview last week as spring camp wrapped up. We'll get to that. And obviously, we'll catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Some transfer portal news for BYU basketball. We'll get to all of that ahead on today's show. Today's podcast is brought to you by our great friends over at Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way that you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups that you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. All right, so without further ado, here on this Monday, let's get rolling. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 4th, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Welcome to the new YouTube era of Locked On Cougars. For those of you watching us on YouTube, uh, this is our second foray on the YouTube channel. This will be a daily thing, so you guys get a look at my lovely uh, hat collection. This is my San Francisco 49ers hat. Honestly, this might be my favorite hat I've ever owned. I'm being serious. Most comfortable hat. I know some people out there aren't really big flat brim fans, fans excuse me, and I'm one that goes kind of between them, but wearing my San Francisco hat, as you'll see my hat wall up above me here, got plenty of hats we'll be kind of milling through as we do these podcasts, so thank you for joining us on your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Uh, If you have not done so already, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from, especially on the podcast providers, but more importantly, in this new YouTube era, please subscribe. We're just getting started here with YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Also, make sure to hit that bell button, the bell down at the bottom. You guys I think it's down here. I I don't know how the mirroring works. I'm still learning this whole YouTube thing. But regardless, hit that enable notifications button. So that way when an episode goes live, we do a live episode, etc. You guys will always know when they're popping up. You'll be able to watch them as soon as they drop. So thank you so much for your support. And if you're just checking us out for the first time, welcome on in. My name is Jay Catch. By way of introduction, I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. I am the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a huge thank you for joining us here on Locked On Cougars. All right, all that stuff out of the way, let's talk BYU football. Spring ball is in the books. It's crazy to think it's April 4th, and BYU's already done 15 practices. They packed it all into a month and change. They started February 28th. They wrapped it up by uh, March 31st. And I think a lot was accomplished overall for BYU. We'll talk more about kind of my general themes, what I took away from spring ball throughout this coming week. But I wanted to talk a little bit about BYU's offense here on a Monday. And Everything that I have seen from spring ball indicates to me that BYU's offense is going to be as good, if not better, than advertised. And what I mean by that is, any of you who have been longtime listeners to this podcast know that I have been very bullish on the chances this BYU offense could do some very special things this fall. I am still of that belief. Let me also clarify that I have only seen 
15, 20, maybe 25 minutes of practice uh, at a time. I went to seven of the 10 practices that BYU allowed the media to attend, two of which I actually, all three of them were work-related absences for me. I was in Las Vegas for the second week of fall camp covering conference tournament games, and then I missed one for a high school gala I was the MC for, but in the opportunities I had to go down to Provo to watch practice, I came away very impressed with what BYU has offensively. I think they have got every weapon that you could ever want. Obviously, you're retooling the running back position, and the expectation is that Chris Brooks, the grad transfer from Cal, he is going to be the guy at that position. I've seen nothing that indicates to me that he will not be RB1 come the season, barring an injury, etc., this offseason. I think that the biggest question mark will be, can this offense really be what I expected to be and what I think the coaches expected to be because I am of the opinion if this offense lives up to its potential it it has an opportunity to be one of the all-time offenses in BYU history you can talk about the Sarkeesian 96 squad if you want you can talk about any of the John Beck or Max Hall era teams that were absolutely legendary you can talk about Zach Wilson's team just two years ago in 2020 that put up all kinds of numbers you can go back to the 1980s the 90s with Ty Detmer I believe the potential, and I'm, I'm, let me emphasize the word potential here. I believe this 2020 squad, the offense in particular, has the potential to be one of the all-time units in BYU football history. I know that's saying something because any of you who are longtime BYU fans, BYU for many, many years, decades, has been synonymous with excellent football, excellent offensive play from teams. And I think that's what we're going to get from this team. But it's all got to be proven on the field. Practice is great. You can can do all those great things in practice. I have seen many a player, many a squad go through practices and look absolutely lights out when they're on the practice field. When they get under the lights, to use that expression, when they get out there and play those games, how good do you look then? That is a huge question mark, and I think that BYU is going to show what they are made of this coming fall. I believe this offense could be legendary. I'm sounding like a broken record probably saying that, but Jaron Hall, he looks otherworldly. He looks like he has taken the next step. He looks like a guy who is the next quarterback to be taken in the NFL draft out of BYU. I am serious about that. Obviously, there is durability concerns for him, and it sure looks like Jacob Conover has established himself as the number two guy. We'll see if Cade Fennigan is able to give him a run for his money this season as he gets healthier. He was injured for most of spring, it sounds like, but... Jaron Hall is operating at peak capacity. What he has shown when he is operating at his best in BYU uniform, that is great because BYU historically, when you have a returning quarterback, a quarterback who's had a very good run leading into a season, usually indicates they're going to be pretty good that next year. And that's what Jaron Hall is. He's got an offensive line that can go 10 to 12 deep with starter caliber guys in front of him. Obviously, that offensive line is going to be opening holes for the running back position. And you need receivers. The good news is you have a top two uh, at wide receiver in Pukunuku and Gunnar Romney, who I think are absolutely lights out. Either one of them could challenge for a thousand yard season if they stay healthy and get enough touches. The tight end position, Isaac Rex sounds like he is on track, if not ahead of schedule to return in time for the season. That'd be a big addition. But Dallin Holker, Lane Lunt, uh, guys at like Carter Wheat once they get healthy, and then the Mason Wake and Houston Hay Muley tandem at that H back position. There are no shortage of the weapons that BYU has on offense. I think this offense has the potential, I'm serious about this, to be a great, great all-time type offense. 
But you've got to get out there on the field and show it. And obviously the caliber of competition that this BYU squad will face may be the stiffest, if not the stiffest, that any of those offenses have ever faced. That could obviously hold BYU down. And I'm not saying that this offense is going to lead BYU to an 11-win season. I, I, you have no way of really knowing that because you have to have the defense, you got to have the special teams, and the offense cooperate. All three phases of the game have to work together to win these football games. But I think, and this is just my observation coming out of spring, that this offense for BYU... It's got a lot, a lot of weapons, and it could be really, really fun to watch this coming fall. All right, for a closer look at the running back position, we're going to catch up with BYU running backs coach Harvey Unga, a guy who's no stranger to excellent running back play, did it as a BYU player. Now he's coaching it as the running back position coach coach for the BYU football program. Did that sound right? Running back? No, that didn't sound right. Anyways, but we'll get to that conversation with him here momentarily. First, though, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Stat Hero. Today is the last day to take advantage of this offer from our friends at Stat Hero because guess what? Tonight is the national championship for men's basketball. You got North Carolina on one side, Kansas on the other. I am a kid who grew up loving that Tar Heel blue, that baby blue, but Kansas is in the Big 12, so do I sustain the 12? I don't know, but regardless, if your bracket's been torn to shreds or you'd like to have some fun with Stat Hero and this game tonight, get over to their website. What is Stat Hero? Well, Stat Hero has NCAA single game pickums, which is pitting the star players against one another in an amazing hybrid between both fantasy and sports gambling. It helps you take control back from the handicappers that always seem to have the advantage on you, the consumer. It allows you to start focusing on the players that you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero also gives you the advantage resulting in you, the gamer, winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. That's the best part about this, my friends. Stat Hero also is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. The sleek, simple gameplay will have you playing literally minutes, and this is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. So this is your last opportunity to take advantage of this. So get over to stathero.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. You heard that right. That's stathero.com slash locked on using the promo code locked on for a 100% match. Finally, one more time, stathero.com slash locked on. Use that promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you guys get your podcasts. It's always a privilege to be with you guys talking about the Cougars. Now it is time to let you guys hear from Harvey Unga. This is going to come to you guys in two parts. We're going to part two either tomorrow or Wednesday. Had a great chat with the running backs coach at BYU. Part one here, we're going to talk more about the guys, the overall takeaways from spring ball for his position group. Part two, it's a piece on Tyler Algier. Obviously a single season record last year for BYU rushing yards wise. He's getting ready for the NFL. We'll have Harvey talk about him on tomorrow or Wednesday's podcast, so stay tuned for that. But without further ado, it is time to welcome in BYU running backs coach Harvey Unga, speaking with myself after practice late last week. Now that spring ball is officially done, all 15 practices in the book, how do you feel that your running back group performed? Um, good. I thought, you know, I thought these guys did good. It was just, it was fun to see, you know, the young guys step up and, and you know, the improvement from fall um, and then this offseason leading into spring. It's, it was awesome. And then the new addition that we added to with, with um, Chris, it's the kids a stud too. It, you know, picked up the offense, you know, faster than I anticipated. And um, it, it was fun. I, you know, I, I was just, I was grateful for, you know, how well these guys all performed and, and you know them really 
you know, up in the standard and then setting the bar high going in, you know, to this offseason, get ready for fall camp. So. Can you say that Chris is sitting atop the depth chart at this point? Um, I, I, to be honest, I can't say that. It's hard because, it, you know, it's only a spring um, and I'm not, I'm not dubbing anybody anything. You know, there's, there's still a lot of football to be learned, a lot of, um, you know, things and, and wrinkles to kind of iron out going into, you know, this offseason and getting prepped for fall camp. So, I, I mean, it, it'd be, I'd be lying if I, if I said that. But he, I mean, he is doing awesome, though. He's doing a phenomenal job. And, and like I said, he's, he's picked up the offense, you know, really quick and, and you know, just a, a savvy, good leader, good, you know, great teammate. And, and um, it, it'll be, I think it'll be awesome to see all those guys compete, you know, coming up for, for fall and everything. I describe Peeney when people ask me about him as your old standby, and I know that can sound negative, but you just you know what you have in him. Is that how you kind of see it? Um, I to me, Peeney is the how do I explain it? For me, he's like he's my uh, my ultimate warrior. Okay, the, the guy he knows. He knows the offense, and he's the, he's the guy that I would even feel comfortable throwing him in at quarterback. Okay, you know he, he knows the offense, understands the offense, um, but with his skills and his abilities and everything, he can play everywhere. And, and as athletic as he is, he actually can throw the ball good. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. Like he he's to me he's that ultimate warrior that, and and A Rod knows it and sees it, and you know we'll we'll definitely you know utilize Feeney in, in different ways and stuff this this upcoming season but um, definitely old faithful I mean I know you know I know I can always count on Feeney I know he knows what he's going to do he's always in the right place doing the right things um, and and for me it's, it's been a huge blessing too because he's a great mentor and, and, and leader and teacher for the young backs and I've got quite a bit of young guys so um, I know with him I can I can leave the running back room meeting room and I'll tell him him, hey, here's the clicker, you know, hold the meeting. And, and I don't think those backs will skip a beat as far as, you know, learning what they need to learn and, and implementing what we need to implement in the offense. Like, he, he's that guy. He's, um, you know, super reliable. Um, and like I said, probably the most versatile of all the guys. Aaron said that you guys are going to try new formations. Can we see a halfback pass then if he can really throw it that well? I hope so. I'm biased. <laughs> I hope so. I hope we throw the ball with them. I hope these guys, like, He's got no I want them to do to, it. Oh, yeah. No, but like I said, Beanie's got a good arm. Um, I, I think A-Rod's definitely got a, you know, a lot of ideas um, to utilize the running backs in different ways and different formations, like you said. And, and if there is a halfback pass, Shoot, you know I'm all for it. I want that. I, I want all of it. And, and all the running backs feel the same way. They're like, hey, coach, tell, tell Coach Roddy whatever he wants. We'll do it. We'll do it. If he wants us to line up a slot, we'll go line up a slot. If he wants us in the backfield, we'll be there. If he wants us at quarterback, we'll be there. And he's like, whatever it is, you know, the, the boys are ready for it. And I think it's um, over the spring, it's, it's been fun to see Rod utilize the backs in, in you know, various ways. I had a chance to talk to Miles. This is going back probably two weeks ago. And he says he's come back from two broken feet. He had one in one foot and one in the other. But he says he's feeling like he's finally getting his confidence back, the ability to cut and trust that his foot will not give way, I guess. And what have you seen from him? Um, he, he, 
he actually, to me, I don't think he skipped a beat. Okay. Like speed-wise, phenomenal speedster. His cuts, um, you know, getting in and out of his brakes and everything, he looks like he did, you know, before he even hurt his, his foot. So, um it's, it's fun to see that because we've seen in games, you know, glimpses of him, you know, make some awesome plays. And, and you know, throughout the spring, like you said, he's he's definitely, you know, gained his confidence. And, and I think he's – I would say Miles has made, excuse me, the most – or the biggest strides as far as improvement goes um, in my eyes. You know, he's – learning the offense and, and you know especially playing a different position it's it's been cool to see how well he's transitioned and embraced it and um, like I said he, he hasn't skipped a beat you know since he came back in his full go you can see he trusts it and he you know he really has been working his butt off to do his rehab and get right in the offseason. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited for all these guys. It's, it's fun. I want to ask you about Jackson McChesney because when we've seen him on the field, think back to Navy, think back to UMass, think back to the USC game when he comes out of the game, he shows special traits. What is it going to take for him to, to carve out a consistent role for himself? Um, like I, pretty much what you just said, consistency. Okay. You know, with any of these guys, it's, that's the name of the game. Is If they can play at that peak level at a consistent rate that's all I'm looking for I've told these guys time and time again like you guys will compete but the guys that come out and have you know A plus days consistently and it doesn't even have to be an A plus day if you, you know what I mean even if you're having just if it's an A minus but you're consistently you know A minus to A A minus to A like you're, you're there you know to where we need you those, those are the guys that will play. And, and for me, um, there's, a, there's a few things that I know, you know, Cheese can work on. And, and you know, any, any running backs, you know, all of them have things to work on. But I think if he's consistent, um, you know, on a day-to-day basis with certain things, you know, that's, like I said, it's it's anybody's game in my eyes. And, you know, I've showed them that with Tyler. You know, it's whoever comes out and is consistently, you know, playing their guts out and, and playing at a high level and doing that, you know, day-to-day, then they'll be the guy. And cheese is no different. I got one more question about the current guys, and I want to ask you about Tyler. But in terms of, you talk about the overall youth of your group. Yeah. And guys like Mason Fakahua are still out there doing their thing. What do you want to see from them as they go into to spring, the rest of spring, summer, and then getting ready for training? Camp? What do you want to see from them in their workouts, et cetera, when they come back? Um, for me, it's obviously the speed if, if guys can you know can improve their speed to me that's huge if, if these guys come back and and you know look faster and look quicker um i think that'll be a huge huge factor for me just seeing you know these guys really took their offseason serious and and they've you know improved on on that um but i think the other part too is that you know they'll have their player on practices and stuff so if they can come out and play fast and with confidence yeah. like that's that's what i'm looking for cuz it lets me know that one they've spent time you know in the room in the classroom studying the film studying the play studying the offense understanding the schemes but then they also you know came out here in the playroom practices and did you know actually came out here and executed those things um to me that's that's where i, I i'm hoping i see you know strides and in, in these young guys because i want them all to come out like i said i want them to compete yeah. every one of them to compete but the biggest way for them to do that is is knowing the offense understanding the scheme and, and then having that confidence 
when they're, they're out there and their number's called to just step up to the plate and there's no handcuffs like you know A-Rod doesn't have to worry about oh, I gotta call this play because he only knows this or that play because he only knows that like I want them to know everything to do everything to be able to you know just attack you know the offense and and make the most of it so that's that's what I'm looking for there you go BYU running backs coach Harvey Unga great chat with him as I said part two talking about Tyler Algier what to expect from him as he goes into the NFL Harvey's recollections of coaching him all that on uh, tomorrow or Wednesday's edition of the show just depending on on the news breaks. I guess that's really the big thing about that. All right, coming up here momentarily, let's talk about what happened over the weekend in BYU sports. Two entrants into the transfer portal, as well as one of BYU's basketball targets reportedly picking another school. We'll get to that. We'll also talk about how baseball and softball did over the weekend as well. So we still got plenty to cover ahead on today's show. But a quick note for you guys today that are about our friends over at Bet Online, one of our great sponsors here on Locked On Cougars. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. I'm serious about this, my friend. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. It's all online at betonline.net. If you guys want to have any fun with BYU, we just talked about how I think this BYU offense could be legendary. There are futures odds on college football. Get over to betonline.net. You can get in on that now. Betonline.net is also your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action available to you guys now. That's all courtesy of our friends at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, time now to wrap up today's show with a look back at the weekend that was in BYU sports. Let's start off with the BYU basketball program. Two announcements uh, coming out, or I guess not announcements, but revelations that Nate Hansen, the former Timview Thunderbird, the last recruit of the Dave Rose era, has entered the NCAA transfer portal. He is the first scholarship player to enter the transfer portal from BYU this season. Not all that surprising. Hansen played a bit role this past season. I think he saw action in the first 10 games of the year but never really was able to crack the rotation. Granted, a lot of the young guys on this BYU roster did not crack the rotation, so I mean, that sounds a little unfair. But he has entered the transfer portal, be looking for a new home. It wouldn't surprise me if some of the local programs at the lower levels, I'm talking like a UVU, Weber State, SUU, Dixie, would probably kick the tires on him. He was actually a pretty good player during his days at Timview. Went on a mission, all that. He will still have, I believe, three years of eligibility remaining should he decide to continue playing hoops. Also, Jeremy Dowdell, the former Olympus Titan, he is also under the transfer portal. He came back off of a mission, was a walk-on with the program this season. He'll obviously be looking for his next opportunity as well, but you wish them both well as they seek new opportunities. Now, BYU's trying to have an upgrade at their guard line, or at least replace what Alex Bar Marcelo brought to BYU. One guy we had talked about on this podcast who I thought was a pretty natural target for BYU and is reported as such was Cincinnati's Mike Saunders Jr. Played at Wasatch Academy, a very good player. Good ball handler. Really showed some nice things in high school. Did not show as much at the collegiate level as you might have thought he would have coming out of Wasatch Academy. Well, he has decided he's going into the University of Utah. He is committed to the Utes, so BYU will be facing him at least once this season, and you wish him well, but BYU continues to really comb through the transfer portal. It'd take a shorter time probably for me right now to list the number of guys in the transfer portal that BYU has not reached out to than they have reached out to. They are kicking the tires seemingly on everybody and it's 
not all that uncommon for BYU to do this. We've seen this the past two off-seasons for BYU. Mark Pope and his squad, they comb through that transfer portal. They will try and find the best talent they possibly can find in there. They can find another T. John Lucas. Who's going to complain? T. John Lucas, I thought, was actually very good for BYU. Seneca Knight, obviously a little disappointing, but he will potentially be back. There are some rumors out there that he may opt into the transfer portal, but that dude is transferred from San Jose State to LSU, now to BYU. Is he going to try to make it four programs in five or six years? I don't know. I think he finishes up his career in a BYU uniform, but I do not think this is the last we'll be talking about the transfer portal. Let me be very, very blunt about that. I think that we are going to be talking about this for weeks to come. And obviously, anything that comes with regards to BYU potentially offering young men, etc., we will bring that to you guys. Uh, one note, Sean East, who is a junior college transfer, he has BYU in his top six. I think that Sean East would be a very welcome addition for BYU. Six foot three uh, guard, was just named first team All-American at the junior college level. Very talented scorer. BYU would do well to get him. Being in the final six is actually a very good thing for them, but they still have a long way to go. So, like I said, we'll continue to track everything when it comes to the transfer portal in coming episodes. Now, other notes before we go on today's show include a look back at the weekend that was for BYU baseball. The Cougars are now 14-11 and on the season, 3-6 and in conference. They had a decent weekend out there in the Bay Area, but they will rue missed opportunities. Thursday, we already talked about this. They lost by giving up three runs in the ninth inning, losing 4-3. to They bounced back Friday with a big game winning 12 to 2. So that was a nice performance for them, but then Saturday, in the rubber match of this, uh, St. Mary's got the same scoreline they got on Thursday, albeit uh, they earned three unearned runs in that win, 4-3 to three over BYU Saturday to take the series. So BYU, in both of their series so far, uh, they have been unable to get critical wins in close games. They'll be back in action. They're headed to St. George tomorrow to take on Dixie State, another in-state foe midweek for BYU, before they welcome Santa Clara to Miller Park this coming weekend. So it looks like BYU's off to a decent start. 14-11 and 11 is nothing to sniff at, but the record in conference, considering what BYU did to start this season against some of the Power 5 competition they were facing, it's a little bit disappointing. Uh, BYU 4-3 and three at home, 10-8 and eight away. To be above 500 at this point in the season is good, but it could be better. Let's just be clear about that. Also, softball enjoyed another good weekend. They're 24-8 and eight on the season in their regards. They're 9-2 and two at home. 3-3 three and three away. Uh, they hosted New Mexico in a three-game set at Gale Miller Field, losing the first game 8-3. to three. We talked about this on Thursday. Bounced back with a 12-1 win on Thursday, and uh, excuse me, Thursday once again in the night, day-night double, part of the doubleheader, but then they absolutely smoked the Lobos on Friday. 17-1 in five innings. 17 runs in five innings Man, absolutely incredible. Violet Zavodnik uh, and the rest of the Cougars really, really doing some work. They are back in action tomorrow. They're headed up to Salt Lake City to Dumkey Family St- Offball Stadium to take on the University of Utah. That'll be a 5 o'clock first pitch for that game. Baseball side of things will also be a 5 o'clock first pitch down there at Bruce Hurst Field in St. George. So if you happen to be down south, living in St. George, and want to go support the Cougars tomorrow, well, there's your chance to do it. Also, uh, early this week, BYU Women's Golf, they're also in action this morning. 
morning. Uh, they will be participating over the next three days. I apologize. I actually closed out the window on this. So we're doing this live on air. Uh, they're part of the Silverado Showdown in Napa, California. It's being hosted by the University of Oregon. That starts early this morning at the Silverado uh, Country Club and Resort out there in Napa. And they'll play tomorrow and Wednesday, 8 o'clock shotgun starts Pacific time. So 9 o'clock Mountain time starts each of those mornings over the three rounds of action. So best of luck to the BYU Women's Golf Program as they resume after a month off. They've been off for a month. They have not played golf in competitive format for quite some time. All right, so there you go. You guys are up to speed on everything you guys need to know about on this Monday edition of the show. Uh, this YouTube venture is actually a lot of fun. I'm still finding new features with this. Uh, obviously, as you heard in the Harvey Unger thing, I was kind of flipping through some different pictures. Uh, moving forward, when I get these chances to talk to coaches, we'll start using more of a video element. I will be videoing those press conferences and those interviews, so we'll have more of a video element to this all. But a huge thank you all the same for you guys' support of this venture. It's a ton of fun, and it's a new era. And like I said, San Francisco 49ers hat. We wore a Nike hat last time. Uh, if there's a hat up there you guys want me to wear next time, reach out on social media. Locked on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Let me know what you'd like me to wear. I've got those. I think that's, what, 20 hats up there. I've probably got another 40 just sitting outside the door to my to my right. Uh, I don't know if it mirrors the right, same way on YouTube. But regardless, thank you for joining us here and making us your first listen of the day. want to encourage you guys now to get over and check out the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They bring the draft to life every single day. Prospects, uh, how guys are looking in the pre-draft process, how are trades affecting how teams are considering doing things. The draft is this month, my friends. So if you guys want to get up to speed on everything with regard to the draft, check out the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, that's going to do it for us. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. I hope you guys are doing fantastic. Or see it, by the way. I say hear this. Well, you're hearing it, but you're also seeing it if you're watching this on YouTube. Quick reminder, one more time, hit that subscribe button if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube. We need those subscribers. We're just kind of a new venture. And obviously, any attention this is getting, the algorithms with YouTube and everything, give us more love when you guys give us those follows and also hit those notifications as well. So that'll do it. Have a great rest of your Monday. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for April 4th, 2022. And we will catch you guys tomorrow.